It sounds like a golden shower. Oh. <laughs> we, we like a dominatrix or something who specialises in shaming. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome back to the Rumpus Room. My name is Sarah. And I'm Will. And this is Season 2, Episode 4. Yeah, starting to tell him up. We are, aren't we? I can't. I still can't believe that we've made it to a Season 2. I know, and, and we've made it to a new logo. We have. Which is really cool. We've been sitting on that one for a little bit. Yep. And we kind of wanted to wait until it became a new season to yep. unveil the new logo. Because the first one that we had was kind of... Not jimmied up on on Canva, but it was like I yeah. made it up on Canva way before I knew anything about doing any sort of graphic design. Yeah, but um, that said, I didn't do this new one. No. So. No, we got our mates at Plain Black Creative to do that one. Yes. So a huge shout out to the guys at Plain Black Creative. Yep. Thanks for doing up that logo for us. It's fabulous. It captures Maxie's essence perfectly. It really it? does. We've actually got our mascot. In the room. In, in the room at the moment. He's a bit grumpy. He is laying on in the middle of the room. Uh, and because it's an afternoon, it's quite sunny for a change for this time of the year. And the sun was coming in, but it was shining in my eyes. So I made Will close the blind and the cat's shitty with me. Yeah, he's not impressed, is and he? And he's sort of glaring at me with one eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Evil bastard. Yeah. Right, so last week, mm-hmm. we did a list of the coolest people ever. We've had a bit of feedback on that one. Oh, have we? Yeah, just people saying what a bullshit way to end the list. Ah, <laughs> well, it was. And where is Jackie Chan? Well, yeah. Yeah, if Bruce Lee can get on there, where is Jackie Surely Chan? Surely Jackie Chan should be on there too, Yeah, I would. you would think. But we didn't, make, list. We didn't make that list, and that's okay. Like, if it's not our list, that's fine but it was still shit yeah it was still shit <laughs> a shit list from top10s.com yeah yeah bastards and so last week we talked about how there were no women on that list no none not not a single one no, not one and so while i was having my lunch today i thought you know what i'm gonna look up you know like the top 10 coolest women and so i found a list and had like the top 20 coolest women in the world according to gq and i thought well it's according to gq it's gonna be sketchy yeah so i jumped on and i went from like 20 to 12 i knew fuck all of them (laughs) basically great list well from what i could see oh one of them i knew and it was carly kloss and she's like a a supermodel of sorts okay like not your Naomi Campbell era, like your newer yeah, yeah. next generation. Yeah, and she was the only one that I recognised by name. The rest of them, they were some variety of model, or, or one of them said New York socialite, and that was the point of, at which I went. That's enough. Yeah, that'll do. That's a shit list. <laughs> and so then I thought, all right, well we've kind of done cool. What about like? inspirational women or women who have done things that could be considered to be really fucking brave or really fucking cool yeah and so i found a list um courtesy of realbuzz.com so shout out to realbuzz.com uh i've looked through a couple of them yep and i'm hoping that number one isn't mary oh well it could be just saying it could be mind you 
I'm not going to say that joke. They could have gotten really... Sure Fuck off, Bixby. Nobody asked you. The, the, what, the joke that she didn't put out, she just can't be cool? No. Oh. No, we can just edit this out. <laughs> I was going to say that, like, she must be fucking amazing if she can uphold the lie that she didn't actually have sex to get knocked <laughs> up for 2,000 years. <laughs> and then I went, uh, maybe not. Might leave it in, might not. Let's just wait until we edit that one. And you might get a surprise. <laughs> if you did, surprise. <laughs> so let's check out this list of All yours. Right. So, putting my bad taste joke aside, that it was just yet another brick in my path to hell. We're going to start with number 10. So we'll go from 10 to 1. We'll yep. count down like we normally do. Cool. Okay, so number 10 is Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks. Now, for those of you who don't know who she is, I'm and I'm going to sound terrible because I'm not sure if she is still on this earthly realm or not. But let's just get on to what she did that was really yep. cool. So anyway, Rosa Parks was the the African American woman who was who so so famously refused to give up a seat yep. on a bus. Um, she did it in 1955. So. It was nothing short of unheard of, basically. That was back when the, I don't know, the segregation? Yep, yep. I guess they would call it. So as an African-American, she was legally obliged to give up her seat at the request of a white person, which today you just think that is just beyond messed up. But back then that was law and she's just going, you know what, this is fucked. I'm not doing it. Get wrecked, lady. Fair play. Yeah, and... Good on her. She she basically said, you know, like, I'm tired of being treated like a second-class citizen. So, and it was sort of the courage that she showed in that instant was, like, the moment, I guess, when it almost sort of started the, the civil rights movement in America for African-Americans to go, you know what? Fuck this shit. We're not here for it. Dumb and it. then for the other allies, because it's, you know, there were people that were helping too. So, yeah... It's kind of widely recognised that that was the point at which it all really started to gather momentum. It's a bit like the... Um, what was that movie we watched with the bloke out of Big Bang Theory? Oh, the, Hidden num- hidden Figures. Hidden Figures. Mm. Um, with the with the African-American ladies doing all the yes. uh, mathematical calculations for the moon landing. And it's based on a true story. And it's based on a true story. I mean, that, yeah. that's... That was part. Of, that was in the almost in the segregation era as well. Yeah. Well, they had you know black bathrooms, so to speak. Yes. And you know, so she couldn't go to the toilet. She had to run like a a mile, so fifteen hundred meters. Yeah, just to go to the loo. just to go to the toilet because yeah. there were coloured bathrooms. Yeah. And she wasn't Terrible. allowed to use the other ones. And when her boss found out, he went to the toilets and just ripped all the signs down and said they're toilets. Yeah. And there for everyone yeah so the, I mean the courage that those ladies showed as well so it's sort of you know Rosa Parks Martin Luther King there's a real groundswell of yes. courage between the 1950s and 1970 yeah they really and even into the late early 70s with Vietnam going on and the Black Panther movement and that sort of stuff um, it's, it's the groundswell of courage in those you know 20 years was amazing yeah so it's cool and, so and it would be courage like if you put yourself in their place fuck me to like to be her on that bus and some lady saying, you need to give up your seat for me and for her to go, no. Yeah, up your ass. Get wrecked. Like, that must, <laughs> she must have been shitting bricks. Yeah. But still Imagine went ahead with them. Oh, the adrenaline God. adrenaline just pumping through her. 
Oh, you'd be shaking, wouldn't you? Mm, that's a good start to a list. I thought so. Yeah, if, if, if that's ten, the other that's nine number must be ten. Good. The other number, well, number nine, mm-hmm. Princess Diana. Number nine. I told you. Oh. I said I've got a list of inspirational, the top ten inspirational women. In, and you've gone, oh, Princess Diana would have to be on that. And I'm like, well, she is. And you're like, is she number one? And I'm like, she is not. No. I actually don't know what number one is. I just know that she wasn't it. No, but, that's... You know. Oh, look. That's bollocks. Like, Princess Diana was just... To me, like, I'm, I'm a royal fan. I'm a royal oh, fan you're a sucker for the royals. Yeah, Anyone I'll, who doesn't know that about Will is that he is a real sucker for the royals. <laughs> yes, I'll, dog. I know there is a rubbish truck outside. I've got Will and Kate's wedding on DVD. Yeah, you do. I bought it for you because you were so enamoured by it. And I had to work that night and couldn't watch it. Yeah, so I bought it for you on DVD (laughs) so you could watch it. But but Princess Di was just the epitome of all things that are good. She really was. She just seemed like a a gentle soul, didn't she? Very kind, caring, gentle soul. You know, the treatment that she copped from... The media... Oh, and, well, the British the media in itself is... They're the, just cheap. They're like piranhas. The British media is culpable in her death. I would say I so. I don't believe a thing that the Queen organised it. No. I reckon that's complete horseshit. Yeah. But I reckon the, the people that were chasing her... Yes. They're the ones who caused it, and she had a piss driver. That doesn't yeah. help too. No, I mean... Obviously, it wasn't helped by having a driver who was driving under the influence mm. of alcohol because he's... We all know that it slows your reaction time yeah. down and whatever. But um, Here's your public service announcement. Yeah, but it probably wouldn't have resulted in something so fatal if there weren't paparazzi chasing yeah. her. And I guess, I think we've been over this before too in our Conspiracy Theories episode yeah, with yeah. like how they were chasing her and even while she was in the back, you know, they're taking photos yeah. and it was just disgusting. Um, so what does it say about her on anyway? What can it say? Uh, it says after marrying into the royal family, Princess Diana could have simply sat back and enjoyed a life of relaxation and luxury without a care in the world. I disagree with that. I don't think she was capable of that. Oh no, I just don't think anyone who marries into the royal family is allowed that. All people who are in the royal family are allowed that. They seem to work remarkably hard at being at various events yeah. and charity things like fundraisers and they seem to be very busy and i think it's a thing that um the royal family is their employer yes so while the queen's paying them yeah they've got to turn they've, up. they've got to do their job yeah. and throw in on top of that the previously mentioned british media yeah who are just incessant yeah they're shocking they're 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 bloody terrible i'm glad I'm not a celebrity in the UK put it that way Uh, so anyway she took it upon herself to use her celebrity status to help as many people as possible becoming the figurehead for charity campaigns around the world someone who had everything and was eager to share it with is is many that doesn't make any sense anyhow Diana was an inspiration to people in all walks of life and her death was met with worldwide mourning I think most people will remember where they were yeah. when they were told that Princess Diana had died in a car crash. I remember we were we watched the funeral at Pop's house. Yeah. And, and Pop made a stand every time they sang God Save the Queen. Of course he would. <laughs> Which was lots. <laughs> a lot. A lot of time they played God yeah. Save the Queen. Pop I was playing up. Monopoly on the 
floor in like the back room at my best mate's house and her older sister come around and she's like princess diana died in a car crash we just started laughing we went ah she did not and and sally's like yeah no she actually did and we're like what and so of course we ran to the tv because of the whole breaking news thing and it was like oh my god Mm. but she was so um universally universally loved. loved (laughs) <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> so, so connected. Her famous quote, that there seems to be a famous quote that they've put in here. She said, anywhere I see suffering, that is where I want to be doing what I can. So I think that probably sums her up, sums her up nicely, actually. This, this list is quite good. Good list so far. Okay, number eight. Oh, this one might be a little bit controversial mm. at the moment. Well, not so much at the moment, but go back about a month, maybe. J.K. Rowling. Ooh. So, she's been a bit controversial because of her beliefs and statements about transgender women. And from what I understand, I did try to read this long thing that she wrote. I did my best with children interrupting me all the time. (laughs) But the gist that I got from it is that she doesn't believe that it's okay for transgender women to say that they you know they haven't had the same experience as women who were biologically born females if that makes sense Mm. but I mean and they may not have the exact same thing but then I don't have the exact same experience of a girl growing up in Africa yeah Either. So I think at some point, being a female, you've had a struggle of some variety. And so it felt a little exclusive, like that she was excluding transgender women from being women. But I mean. So she hasn't, got the, she hasn't got the vibe that is woman is woman. No. Right. No, she accepts them, but doesn't accept the. that they say that they can empathise with women's struggles and stuff. Okay. I think that's the gist I got from it. Right. And that she wasn't 100% comfortable with transgender women being able to use um, women's bathrooms. But I think that stems from fear from her previous relationships with men. So that anyone who was biologically born a male, she has like a instant distrust and fear of which judging from her history I understand it doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with it because I don't but that's a whole other thing so that aside she was rejected by 206 publishers yes which is amazing like those, those 206 publishers must be going shit mm-hmm. didn't I fuck that up oh my god Mr. Publishing Executive I just don't know how they could read through it and go not a good story. Yeah, cool story, bro. Yeah, just it's not up to standard. Don't like it. Yeah, it's fucking huge. Yeah, and and two hundred and six publishers are all looking there, sitting in a room together, going, "Well, what was your reason?" Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They've got their own support group where they turn up and <laughs> and talk about how much money they lost by not signing her on as an author. <laughs> but we fucked up Harry Potter support group. Yeah, but uh, apparently. It's not apparently. She was. She was a single mum living on Centrelink um, to a multi-millionaire author in the space of a few years. If you ever needed proof that you should follow your dreams, J.K. Rowling is just that. 
after multiple rejections from publishers, 206, (laughs) multiple, yeah, (laughs) she finally secured a print run of 1,000 copies for her first book, which you just might have heard of, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, except in the US, it's called Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Why? I believe it was something to do with people, Americans, not... Um, know what a philosopher was? Probably, or not... What do you call the word where, like, they understand and and kind of vibe with it? My brain's not working. Anyway, they didn't think they'd vibe with the word philosopher, so they changed it to sorcerers. Oh. Fucking piss poor, if you ask me. But yeah. anyway, whatever... So anyway, the Harry Potter series has sold over 400 million copies. Wow. Like, that's a fuck ton of books. That's a fuck heap of books. It is. We have multiple versions yep. in this house, too. I have all of the... the paperback. The paperback. Well, no, I've got a... Oh, no, I think they are paperback, actually. Yeah. But then they release, like, house versions as well, which our two of our kids got their Harry Potter house versions of. I want it of my own, but that's okay. I don't need it, so I, I kind of haven't. And if you haven't, like, if you have a desire to work out what Harry Potter house you'd fit into and you don't know where to do it, go to, I think it's, it used to be Pottermore, but I think I think it's Wizarding, oh, crap, Wizarding World or something like that. Sorry, I'll have right. to look it up and I'll put a link up. Yeah. Well, you can do the, the actual Harry Potter sorting hat test and it gives you the official house that you get sorted into and, and that sort of thing. So it's quite fun. And then you can find out what wand would be yours and what your Patronus is. So the thing that comes out the end of your wand to scare off the Dementors if you've only ever seen the movies. Yeah, like it's me. good fun. <laughs> yeah, like Will. Like Will. So, <clears throat> Yeah. So she was number eight. You any thoughts on that? No, not really. Not really? (laughs) Cool. Okay. Number seven is Billie Jean King. Ooh. 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 See, I wouldn't have... No. I wouldn't have thought of her. But I like how varied this list is. Yeah. You know, it's not just American women or it's not just, you know, UK-based women or, or whatever. It's... Yeah, okay. Billie Jean King. So with 39 Grand Slam titles to her name and six separate spells as world number one, Billie Jean King is undoubtedly one of the greatest female tennis players to ever grace the game. However, it is her battle for equal rights for sporting women that she will be truly remembered for. In 1973, she took on and defeated self-professed chauvinist Bobby Riggs in The Battle of the Sexes, a former number world, one him, world number one himself. Riggs's defeat proved once and for all that women deserved both respect and equality in the world of sport. This wasn't just about tennis, though, as Billie Jean King described sports as a microcosm of society and believed her actions could help improve women's rights all over the world. So you could say that thanks to Billie Jean King, the check that you get for winning Wimbledon mm. is the same for men and women now. Yeah. And um, the same with the French Open, US and Australian Open. Yeah, I think that's only recently. It's only recently, but, but had, had she, Billie, started she started that. It. Yeah. She started it. 
Yeah. So that you know, Serena Williams gets the same check as Roger Federer. That's, yeah. That's exactly how it should be. Oh, Serena Williams is phenomenal. There is that argument that women play three sets and men play five. But if you offered them to play five, they'd they do it. They would. They're only playing within the within the rules. If you said Ash Barty, you're playing a five setter against Serena Williams. She'd be like, all right. Here we go. Yeah. She'd be down for it. And if you said, and and I nearly reckon if you said to Federer at his age, you'd be only playing three sets against Roger Federer. <laughs> she'd be like, yep, okay. Okay, number six. Mm-hmm. Amelia Earhart. Ooh. So I can see that. She was pretty inspirational. Yeah. And I wonder whether, like, the mystery of what happened to her has mm. added to that, you know? So her story is a, is a story of both success and tragedy. Um, it's full of adventuring and pioneering for women's rights. She was the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic and was rewarded with the Distinguished Flying Cross for her efforts. I don't know what the Distinguished Flying Cross is, but sounds I'm guessing a it's like a very... The, the VC of aeroplanes. Yeah. Sounds like a very high award that you can win. Uh, and again, she was the first woman to receive this. While other women were being held back by a male-dominated society, Amelia was soaring through the clouds, breaking records, and having the time of her life. Her message to other women was that the woman who can create her own job is the woman who will win fame and fortune. I can see that. Yep. If that's what you want in a life. If that's what you want, if that's your target. Yeah, if that's your target, then go, go at it. But she was, like, I think if you remove gender, even flying solo in those days back mm. then, before all the technology that we have now, to fly solo across the Atlantic is quite a fucking feat. Yeah, that's a hell of an effort. I think even learning to fly an aeroplane is quite a feat. I'd love to learn how to fly an aeroplane, but oh my God, where do you start? <laughs> you have a fear of heights. I know, but I like How airplanes. would you fly an aeroplane, though? I like an aeroplane. Yeah, but if you were in control of it, would it be different to you just putting your full trust and just chilling out Ooh. in a seat? Yeah, dunno. Hmm. Dunno. Only one way to find out, I guess. And what happens is you just go up to the airport and say, Hey No fly an airplane. There is isn't it it's particularly here in Tassie, it's like Par Avion or something, yeah, that's isn't true. it? It's like a flight school. But it, apparently it's quite expensive yeah. to get your pilot's license. So if you've got the funds and the want to do it, go at have it, a I crack. say. Yeah, have a like crack. A yeah, what a cool hobby. Yeah. Yeah, what did you do on the weekend? I just flew a plane. Took a plane for a spin. Yes. Went to France. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Just flew over there to get some bread for the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> the croissants are better. <laughs> okay. I can see this one too. What are number five? Uh, number five is Oprah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that because she's worked remarkably hard. And I guess as an African-American woman in America too, you always face that extra bit of pushback too, don't you? I guess. I don't live in America, obviously. But she is as iconic as they get when it comes to telly. She isn't it? really is. Like, yeah, we've got iconic people on Australian telly like... Um, oh, Burt Newton. Like Burt Newton and people like Graham Kennedy before. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Anyone in the world says Oprah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I know who that oh, is. Oh, I know who that is. Yeah. Yeah, as famous as they get, worth billions. Absolutely. But she's created all herself. Like Harpo Productions is her production company, which produces yeah. her telly shows. Yeah. And, you know, you get a car, you get a car. She's got enough money to give people cars. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it was nothing. And it was nothing. And, and the beauty of Oprah too is, um, yeah, you get a car, you get a car, because I've got all this money. 
Yeah, and she just wants to share it around. Yeah. It's a bit like Bill Gates. I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories around them, but I think they're nonsense. But, like, they have the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, I think, Mm. where they just give millions of dollars to charity, you know, to charity and, and stuff, which is how it should be. Yeah. I mean, if you're fortunate enough to... Have billions. Have billions. And that's not to say that he hasn't worked hard to get where no, 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 he is. He has. But if you're fortunate enough that the product you've made makes that much money, mm. then why not give back? I think it's fantastic. Okay, so, we yeah, we know about Oprah. Um, in 2003, she became the first African-American woman to be classed as a billionaire. Yeah, right. Um, yet in true Oprah style, shares her wealth with those who need it most, having personally donated over $300 million to charitable causes. Wow. That is so much money. That's phenomenal, isn't it? It That's really just, is. That is so good. Oprah's wealth and fame is certainly no accident, as she believes that luck is simply preparation meeting opportunity. Yep. I like that. Yeah, I've heard that one before. I like that. I've not heard that one before. Mm, I don't know about this one. Number four. Marilyn Monroe. Oh, oh. I don't think she belongs at number four. I probably would have taken somebody else and swapped places with like her. Like Yeah, or Rosa Parks or... I don't think she belongs at number four. No, I... I don't know heaps about the Marilyn Monroe story other than the Elton John song. (laughs) (laughs) I knew she was a famous actor and... Like, she... What? And died young. And died young, yeah. And she knew that the ditzy blonde image and demeanour was what... They, they wanted, wanted yep. sort of thing. So I think she was clever enough to see that and that was like the persona that she put out to the public. But I think privately she was probably far more intelligent than she let on. So do you reckon she, like people looked at the telly screen and said, I want to be acted like an actress like Marilyn Monroe, the same way they looked at the telly screen and said, I want to be a singer like Elvis? Yeah, I, well, I mean, she's still a cult icon, isn't yeah. she? You know, people still replicate her style and there's still knickknacks and homewares and stuff you can get that has her image on it so she, well, perhaps she maybe, was more inspirational than, about it. or maybe she's not really our style and so yeah, we, you know it's not I mean I I dig her style it looks really cool yeah but a lot of work would go into it yeah take half an hour to put your lipstick on oh god I don't even wear lipstick <laughs> <laughs> Too hard. All right, who have we got? Oh, I don't know this person. Ooh. Kelly Holmes. Kelly Holmes? Oh. Sure doesn't say Katie Holmes. No. No? Definitely Kelly. Kelly okay. Holmes is, was a career full of setbacks and challenges, but one that ultimately had a happy, happy ending. That sounds dirty. Doesn't it? Hey. <laughs> After years of trying for Olympic gold, her last chance came at the 2004 Games, a chance that was almost taken away from her by a leg injury. Despite suffering severe depression as a result of this, Kelly was able to battle through the injury through sheer determination and ended up going above and beyond her wildest dreams by winning the... Double Olympic gold in the 800 metres and 1,500 metres. Oh, wow. 
describing it as something she would never, ever forget. And the people have said, we don't blame her. So it sounds like she had plenty of setbacks and challenges and a terrible injury, but then suffered severe depression. I don't think she belongs at number three. I'm not thrilled by this. Lindsay Vaughn yeah. is another example. Um, you've got you know, sports people get injured. That's just what fucking happens. That's just happens. what happens. Like, you get injured when you play sport. It's a yes, thing. Yes, it's a thing. So to be more worthy on an inspiration list, you know... I'd put her at number 10. From a male point of view, you're looking at Kurt Fernley. That's inspiration. Yes. But I wouldn't even have her on the list. I yeah, or Dylan, like, Dylan Alcott, you Dylan know? Dylan Alcott or something like that. I, I would, if she was on that list, she'd be number 10, but I'd have Lindsay Vonn ahead of her, the skier ahead of her. Yeah. Because... I don't know how old this is either. It's so bloody subjective as to what... It um, is. Yeah, what, what constitutes a bad injury. But I guess that's why we're, like, picking stuff apart. But I guess if you throw in the severe depression without... Because I don't actually know anything about her. I don't know the full mm. depth of her depression and and how... Because yeah. anyone who's had depression will understand how hard it is to even just do the basics. Yeah. You know, like get up and have a shower or yeah. brush yeah. your teeth. If you brush your teeth, it's an accomplishment yeah. for the day, you know? It's a yeah, exactly. So anyway... We're going to move on. We're going to go to number two, which yep. is Joan of Arc. Ah. Very well-known character in history. May have been a bit loopy. Yep. Hard to tell. Yep, hard to say. Because <laughs> back in those days, having visions... Yep. Some people, if they were the right type of visions, like Joan of Arc... Yeah, you're Okay. Then, you know, oh, God was talking to me. These days, it might just get you labelled with a mental illness. Yeah, you can have your You know, oh, dear, you might be friends with Kanye, sort of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Poor old Kanye. I'm not making fun of him. I actually genuinely hope he gets help. Yeah. So, yeah, Joan of Arc's story is a pretty impressive one, isn't it? It is an impressive one. Her um, phrase is, stand up for what you believe in. Uh, nobody did this more so than Joan of Arc. She campaigned for the instatement of the true king to the French throne because she believed it was God's will and led the French armies in fighting their English invaders. So I guess that's yeah. that's pretty fucking ballsy. Yeah, pretty ballsy as a kid. Yeah, she was what? Thir- yeah, 13, 13 or 16? She yeah, wasn't very old anyway. She was, she was still a teenager. I know that yeah. much. When I was 13, 16, I was so self-absorbed I wouldn't have been able to do anything like that. <laughs> wouldn't have worried about the king. No, fuck the king. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Splat. <laughs> that went there. Didn't it? Yeah, I went there. So Joan of Arc was a great believer in destiny. Once claiming, I am not afraid. I was born to do this. At a time when a woman on the battlefield was unheard of, she eventually led her army to victory, fearlessly fighting and eventually dying to defend her country and strong beliefs. Was she burned at the stake or am I imagining things? I think she might have been, mightn't she? I thought she might have been. Yeah. What a fucked way to die. Yeah, it's pretty shit, isn't it? It's pretty bloody awful. Fucking brutal, those palms. Well, they really were. <laughs> they really fucking were. Horrible bunch of people, Poms. Mm. Yeah. And everyone reckons the Vikings to be feared. I don't know, man. Yeah, Poms are somewhat worse. So, before we go to number one. Yeah. So far on this list, I think we're missing. Yeah. Madame Curie. Oh, yeah. 
Um, Florence Nightingale. Yep. And, Agreed. And who was the other one I thought? Uh, what's her name? Um, Germans didn't like her. Um, Anne Frank. Oh, my God. <laughs> I couldn't remember her name. I just... Okay. <laughs> so those are three that are probably missing from the list. Let's just gloss over that one, shall we? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, is it? I don't know, is it? <laughs> oh, Jeff. Wow. <laughs> Tact was lacking. <laughs> oh, dear. Hitler. <laughs> Did not like her. No, it wasn't a fan. <laughs> What's on the Christmas card list? Oh, I like number one. Yeah, so Madame Curie, Florence Nightingale, and um, Anne Frank, and maybe yep. and maybe the Queen, or or Michelle Obama. Oh, I like Michelle Obama. Mm. Yeah, she's a good sort. Yeah, she's a good sort. Maybe there needs to be a top twenty yeah. where we can sort of like shuffle them around yeah. and put them in our own order. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, but if you guys have got anyone that you think absolutely should have belonged on this, yep. chuck it in the comments. Yep. We want to know. We do read the comments. We do read the comments. More often them. than not, we reply to them. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, like, the meaning doesn't translate through text and we don't know whether you're upset or whether you're joking <laughs> <laughs> with us in which case I sort of sit there and I look at Will for a second I'm like I don't know how to reply to that I don't know if they're joking or if they're genuinely upset or <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one alone so if I don't reply to you that's why that's what's happening yeah okay number one who's number one Mother Teresa ah of course she was a good sort good egg oh just a good egg just a really good egg yeah best egg yeah 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 she definitely deserves a place on the list it starts off with, for those of you asking who is Mother Teresa, shame on you. <laughs> You've been shamed. Absolutely. If you don't know, shame on you. Shame all upon you. Yeah, let it rain down upon you like a shower of shitty shame. Shitty shower of shame. Shitty shame shower. Shameful shower. It sounds like a golden shower. Oh. <laughs> with, with like a dominatrix or something who specialises in shaming. <laughs> <laughs> this is my shame. That is some people's kink though. I know, it's terrible, isn't it? I mean, I'm not here to yuck someone's yum. Yeah. Like if that's your bag and you get turned on by being shamed, then you, you go do that and you just have the time of your life. Yeah. I won't be joining you, because I tend to, <laughs> tend to get like angry that. at people that shame me, because I tend to be just a grumpy bitch all round. <laughs> Maybe there's a job for me in that. Maybe. Maybe you could be the shamer. <laughs> I could be. I could tell people their pedigree for money. Yeah, you're fucked. Maybe I need, what is it, an OnlyFans? Yeah. Pay me money, jump onto my OnlyFans, and I will shame the fuck out of you whilst dressed in athletic wear. And maybe an apron or something, I don't know. Yeah. While I'm cooking tea and I'll swing a spatula at you or a wooden spoon. Oh, that could be so Insult much fun. you. That could be so much fun. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a thing. It's a thing. How do I do that? Oh, well, I guess you'd just make one up, wouldn't you? Like, you'd have to trim your beard, though. You could keep yourself neat and tidy. Nah, don't worry about that. You can't be going shaming people if you're... Looking shameful. ...dishevelled. Yeah, but that's their problem. Is it though? They can be all shamed as much as they like, and <sighs> big hairy man told me to get fucked. <laughs> I bet you'd have a gay following. You reckon? Yeah. Oh. I bet you would. You'd be a bear. 
Oh. The gay people out there, they know. Oh. <laughs> You're just like, a what? You're learning shit today. You are, aren't you? <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. That's what we're here for. We're here to teach everybody things, aren't we? <laughs> That's not a comedy act. It's education. <laughs> It's a comedy with occasionally some weird, very left of centre education comedy thrown in. <laughs> Sex education thrown in. Oh, right. We should have a kink episode where we like delve into yeah. different types of kinks. It'll yeah. be a, an, an NSFW one, which, let's face it, every episode fits that What's category. Not suitable for work. Oh. So every episode of ours contains explicit, but we'll make this one quite clearly that it is explicit and it's only for adults. And we might delve into some different types of kinks. Yeah, yeah. That would be fun. That would be fun. That's not to say that we participate in said kinks, so don't at us. Don't at us. Okay. All right, we're just going to delve into it and see if we can find some kinks. Wonderful. Like kink shaming. Yeah. That's no, well, kink shaming is not good. No. But, like, people who have a shaming thing, it turns them on. Anyway, we got to hear by talking about Mother Teresa. It just <laughs> dawned on me that we were talking about the purest human that's ever lived, yeah. and somehow we ended up talking about sexual kinks and fetishes. <laughs> We're going to hell. Uh, no, it's I, official. I don't think I'm on the Pope's Christmas card list anymore. <laughs> Pretty sure I wasn't anyway. We were kicked off that a long time ago. So anyway, bringing it back. Bringing just it back. gathering all of those words back in. <laughs> stuffing them back down my gullet. Uh, Mother Teresa dedicated her life to humanitarian work. Uh, She's regarded as one of the most selfless people to have ever lived and her efforts were recognised in 1979 when she won the Nobel Peace Prize and she was so very Mm, deserving of that. Absolutely. However, one of the most admirable things about Mother Teresa is that she wasn't doing it for the recognition. She spent nearly 30 years of her life helping others before anybody even knew who she was. She believed in doing whatever was possible to help, whether it was big or small, with her philosophy being, if you can't feed 100 people, then just feed one. Yeah. Which is great. But she was made a saint, wasn't she? She, was she? Yes, she was made a saint the same year Sorry, as Max. Mary McKillop, for memory. Oh, right, good old, yeah. good old Mazzy. Old Popey Dopey made her a saint. Right. Yeah, so she was made a, yeah, a saint, uh, Saint Teresa of something or other. And right. Saint Mary, Mother of the Cross, or something. Oh right, the two saints that were. Well, I remember because I went to Catholic schools that there was a big deal about when they put forward for Mary MacKillop to be yeah. canonised. Canonised. Yeah, they, they, they which, had to put forward the application. Which doesn't mean she gets shot out of a cannon. No, but that does sound like fun, doesn't <laughs> it? Sideshow Bob or something. Yeah. <laughs> No, and I think I remember when because I was in primary school and it wasn't successful or something, and then obviously they waited a while and then tried again. But yeah, I. But to be a saint, you must have played by all the rules while you're alive. But you must have performed two confirmed miracles since you passed. Really? That's that's rules of being a saint. I love how, as a Catholic, I don't know this. Well, actually, I'm not a ca- I'm not a Catholic anymore. I was baptized a Catholic, but I don't particularly practice it or go to church or have anything to do with it i don't know this shit but you do yeah no i, I random <laughs> facts that get gathered 
So yeah, whether it's um yeah, like you see the the statues of the Virgin Mary crying blood and shit. Oh yeah, I remember there was somewhere is Lords, isn't it? Yeah. Um, in France. Yeah, in France. The water there or something is meant to have healing properties because I remember some lady from our church. She was in a wheelchair and she went to Lords with her husband and. They brought back enough for everybody. The power of Christ compels you to Well, walk. I don't even know. I suppose I could ask my dad, but I don't know if it worked or not. <laughs> but oh, yeah, so, so but it needs to be confirmed miracles because if I prayed to Mary McKillop mm. before she was a saint and the blood came out of the statue, mm. I'd have to um, testify that I prayed to Mary McKillop and Mary McKillop was the one who made the blood come out of the statue. Then it proved the blood came out of the statue was a miracle and all this sort of shit. And same with... Um, if if someone's in a wheelchair and you pray to Mary McKillop and they suddenly can walk again, yeah, uh, you need to pray and there's no like medical no medical reason why they should be walking. Gosh, then but then you've got to testify that you're praying to Mary McKillop and Mary McKillop created that miracle. So those are the two miracles, so she can become a saint. I bet it wasn't this strict five hundred years ago. No, they just chop their heads off and give them sainthood. Oh, you're a martyr. There you go. <laughs> Have a sainthood to make up for it. <laughs> Sorry about losing your scone. Sorry, Bernadette. Sorry, Bernadette. Sorry you got boiled alive. <laughs> Here's a sainthood. <laughs> well, still don't think that'll quite make up for that one, but whatever floats your boat, get amongst it if you need to. <laughs> Well, you're going to be forever known as someone boiled alive and someone who's a saint, so... I suppose yeah, I guess. Out. It's a less tarnished reputation, isn't it? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> do you know, I think that might nearly do. That might nearly do? Yeah, I think yeah, we've excellent. waffled on enough. We've gotten through our list. We've... Educated people on sainthood. <laughs> you did. I just threw in snarky comments about it. <laughs> Talked about Mother Teresa and pissing on people. Hey, you went to the... Well, actually, no, we did. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> I was about to say, hang on a minute. I did not go there. And then I went, actually, yes, hey. I did. <laughs> right, everybody, have a lovely week. Yeah, let's leave you on that note. Uh, have a great week, everybody. Cheers. Bye. This podcast is a Creative Bill Media production.